Would you just celebrate all the campuses, celebrate all the other campuses? Come on, one church, many locations. I used, to, uh, I used to dream of being able to stand up and teach the Word of God after that kind of worship. And I'm just trusting and believing it's happening at all the campuses with all the anointed worship leaders and worship teams. But I'm fired up. And uh, speaking of fired up, it just reminds me, uh, real quickly, you don't want to miss next Sunday. Joe Sangle, he, he is a voice for such a time as this. We're starting a series today called Overwhelmed. What do you think is one of the primary ways in which people are overwhelmed? <laughs> Finances. And this is a perfect example of we as a church, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. And Joe Sangle, like I said, a voice like Dave Ramsey, if you will, anointed for such a time as this. He's going to be in the house next Sunday teaching all of the campuses. And then on Sunday afternoon, we have these uh, FLE seminars, if you will, 1.30 at all the campuses except Garner. Garner will be at 2.30. You would pay somewhere around $750 to $1,000 for this seminar. If you went somewhere else, it's completely free to you next week. And I think we're throwing some child carrying, if I'm not mistaken. So you don't want to miss next Sunday. I want to talk to you today about slowing down to get ahead. Slowing down to get ahead. We live in a day and age and a culture where everything is moving at a Mach 5 speed. We are a jacked up, overloaded, overwhelmed, stressed out, freaked out culture. And these, she says, well, and these days are challenging to live in, if I can just say what you already know. These are tricky days to be alive. To live in the 21st century is not for the faint of heart. Anxiety and stress are at an all-time high. Suicide rates have skyrocketed in the last decade up by like 24%. These are challenging days. And in the same way that we're doing FLE because we want something for you, not something from you, that is what this series is birthed out of. It is birthed out of a heart that looks at you at times. And if I can be real honest with you, looks in the mirror at times. And I realize that we sometimes don't look very different than the culture in which we live. And my heart breaks for us. For some reason, I'm thinking of that passage in the Gospels where Jesus is overlooking Jerusalem. Do you remember? He's on the top of the Mount of Olives. Shortest verse in Scripture. You're like, I can't memorize Scripture. You can memorize this verse. You ready? Jesus wept. <laughs> and he weeps over Jerusalem. And I look at the church, Universal, and I look at our church, and I got to tell you, sometimes I just weep for us. And so this series is birthed out of a burden for you, out of a desire to see us, yes, be in the world, but to not be of the world. Jesus is the good shepherd. Do you remember last week? John chapter 10. Not only is he the good shepherd, you remember Hebrews 13, he is the great shepherd. So as an under-shepherd, if you will, as an under-shepherd for this church, I'm trying to lead us over the course of the next five weeks. You don't want to miss a single Sunday. 
I want to lead us out of the chaos and the craziness of the world into greener pastures, more peaceful pastures. And last week, I told you uh, how a group of friends, three different pastors and myself, four of us, we had our spouses that made eight of us. We rode around the state of Arizona to celebrate my 30 years of walking with Christ. I've been saved 30 years. And we celebrated that, but we also just sharpened one another. We like to get together. We try to do it yearly, but we haven't done it in a while. We rode around the great state of Arizona in a car. And the car, being in the car, I don't know how you are with your spouse when you drive down the road. But like when I'm with my spouse, we, we talk some, but we don't talk a lot. We, we, we tend to look out of the window a lot. And, and so um, we were in a car... And, and this was not the car. This is a what? This, this, is, this is a Chevrolet. This is a Chevrolet Sonic. Uh, this belongs to a, a, a mole kid, M-U-L-L, Derek Mole's daughter in the Garner campus. Give it up for the Garner campus over there. I know you guys are proud of Derek. They brought this car over. And when I first started telling people I wanted a car on the stage, most people said, it's safer than a camel. So I'm trusting this car is not going to stage dive like the camel did. If you weren't here, <laughs> you missed out, man. But, but this, this, was, this, is a, this is a Chevrolet Sonic. I was not in a Chevrolet Sonic, but I was in a Chevrolet. This is what I was in. Oh, no, he wasn't. I, look, look at my wife. Would you, can you focus in on my wife behind the car? Does she look happy about this? No, she is not happy about this. But let me, let me tell you, by the time we got to the rim of the Grand Canyon, let me show her, she's happy about the convertible. <laughs> now, some of you are like, Pastor, what you doing driving a car like that? Let me tell you something. I have told you favor ain't fair. And the next time you go to a rental car counter, I want to coach you a little bit. Say something nice to the person across the counter. It doesn't matter if they're being a, a grunchy, grumpy little grinch or whatever. You just say, man, your dress looks great today. And then watch this transition. You know, that car over there looks great too. What, what do you say I get that car? You would be amazed at what God will open up for you if you just learn to love. <laughs> Come on. If you just learn to love on some people. So, so we, we, we flew into Phoenix, and then we went into Winslow, Arizona. Winslow, Arizona. It was such a fine sight to see. There was a girl, my Lord, in a flatbed Ford, slowing down to take a look at me. Come on, if you know it, you know it. <laughs> if you know it, you know it. We went from Winslow, Arizona to Sedona, beautiful Sedona. Then we went to the Grand Canyon for a couple days. Then we went, went to Scottsdale, and then we flew back, and I came back home. But because we were in a car a lot, I was able to do a lot of thinking. And again, my wife and I, we talk some, but we, 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 don't, we don't talk a lot when we ride down the road, especially on trips like this. And so I was, I was in the car for long periods of time. And I was thinking about this message. And what I want to do today is I want to use a car as a metaphor to help us, help us learn how to slow down to get ahead. The truth is there are 
certain consequences to a hurried life. Take out your teaching notes, grab that pen. Trust me, you do not want to miss the contents of today. It is wisdom not from a man, but wisdom from God's word on high. There are results of a hurried life. Here's what I realized as I drove around. Sometimes I will confess a little too fast. But I tried to behave. And with my wife beside me hitting me on my right arm, it's easy to, easier to behave. You know what I realized when we were going too fast? It's a lot like life. When we travel too, through life too fast, we miss out. Think about it. Write it in. We miss out. We miss out on the good stuff in life. If I'm riding down the road and I'm just flying fast, everything is moving so fast by me in my peripheral vision, and I tend to miss, I tend to miss the important things of life. If you live your life, and this is going to speak to some of you, and your RPM gauge is tacked out on the right-hand side, it's in the red all the time, you're missing out on so many things in life. Maybe you've seen this framed before. Maybe you've seen it on a coffee mug before. Or maybe you've seen Kung Fu Panda. And you'll remember this particular quote. An ancient quote in a modern movie, if you will. Yesterday is what? Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why we call it the what, church? I'm learning, I'm learning in life, and I'm not completely there yet, but I'm learning in life how to slow down and bask in the present. What would it look like for you? Again, we're going into the holiday season, the most stressful season of the year. What would it look like for you to actually learn to unwrap the present and literally be there with those you love? Thinking about a Christmas verse. Remember Mary in the Christmas story? The Bible says this, but Mary treasured up all these things and what church pondered them in her heart. She wasn't going to miss the moment. Mary wasn't stressing out. And by the way, you might say, well, that was Mary. No, 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 Mary is a mere mortal. Hate to disappoint you Catholics. Mary was a human being, but she wasn't going to stress out. She wasn't going to freak out in the moment. She wasn't thinking, what is her next move? She just treasured. She just pondered the sacredness of the moment. Here's a second thing, write it in. The results of a hurried life is that we pass by. We do what, church? We pass by. How many of you remember the story of the Good Samaritan in the Bible? Good Samaritan? Luke chapter 10. You remember the story? There, there's a, a person, he's in the ditch. He's, he's needing assistance. He's needing God's people to step by, stop by and help him. Do you remember the, the Levite? I think it's around verse 31. Luke chapter 10, verse 31. What did the Levite do? You remember the, the actual wording of the scriptures? The Levite did what? He passed. You got it. He passed by. 
The priest, remember the priest, oh, the religious people like me, right? <laughs> the, the priest did what? Around verse 33, he what? Passed by. It wasn't until the good Samaritan came along. He didn't pass by. When I have the RPMs too far to the right on the dashboard of my life, here's what I've discovered the hard way. I not only miss out on the things that God wants me to enjoy and love and savor in life, I not only miss out, I pass by the people that matter most to God. I, I literally pass them by. I'm not proud to let you know that about 18 months or so ago, I was walking down Franklin Street in Chapel Hill by myself. I was rushing to get to a lunch. And I was, I, was doing, I was doing the Benji walk, you know, I can get to moving fast. And a homeless person was sitting down on, against the wall, you know how they do. And he said, hey, you got any money? And uh, I, I told the truth, I, I didn't. I, I said, no, but I just kept on walking. I mean, it was like, no. And I got about five, 10 feet past him and he goes, Pastor Benji, yeah. Pastor Benji, I go to your church sometime. Now, you want to know something that'll stop a pastor? <laughs> and I, I stopped and I was like, oh. And I went back and I talked to him and we had a great conversation. But as I left, here's what I thought you were about to pass by a person who is beloved by God, a person who has dignity and self-worth. And I'm telling you, church, when we just get to moving really fast, we pass by the people that matter most to us. This is why Dallas Willard, the great Dallas Willard, said that if we're gonna grow as Christians, listen to this wording, it's so powerful. We must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. Ruthlessly, John Ortberg would pick up on Dallas Willard's talk because Willard mentored John Ortberg. And John Ortberg would say this, just sit in this for a moment and marinate in this. We must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. That's Willard. But Ortberg continues, this doesn't mean that we will never be busy. Jesus often had a lot to do. But he never did it in a way that severed the life-giving connection between him and his father. He never did it in a way that interfered with his ability to give love when love was called for. He never did it in a way that caused him to treat someone as an interruption. Listen closely. Jesus was often busy, but he never hurried. You see, church, the problem with hurry is that hurry is not just a disordered schedule. I've discovered that hurried is a disordered heart. And when you have a disordered heart, you have a diminished capacity to love. Why? Because love and hurry are simply incompatible. Why? Because to love someone, it takes time. 
So moving at the speed of light, if you will, we not only miss out and we pass by, but here's what you need to understand. We'll crash into, and this is what some of you are experiencing right now. You're crashing. Your body's giving down. Your mind is giving out. You can't remember things. You're overwhelmed. You're stressed out. Could you imagine what would happen to this car if Pastor Derek would not be pleased with this, but if we took it out this week and we cranked it and we took it for a ride and uh, we never gave it a break. We never actually stopped to let the engine rest. We, we, we never stopped and let it get maintenance, never changed the oil. An automobile can't do that. And neither can you. We're going to crash. And the crash can sometimes be devastating if we don't Figure this one out. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, don't need a show of hands, just a question. How many of you have a hard time sleeping at night? We're learning more and more and more that healthy sleep habits are inextricably connected to our happiness or lack thereof. Which might explain why we have so many grumpy people walking around today. Come on, think about it. That person that gets all, you get mad at them because they're so mean and you grumpy. Maybe they're not sleeping at night. 49% of American adults suffer from some form of sleep-related problems such as insomnia. One in six Americans suffer from chronic insomnia. Not just Americans, but adults. One in six. I like what my buddy Randy Frazee says, and some of you remember Randy. He preached here a couple years ago. Randy Frazee, in his book, great title, by the way, Making Room for Life, he says this, we can't solve the problem by purchasing the latest mattress used by NASA, goose-feathered pillows, Silk sheets, down comforters, and mahogany poster beds. In the end, the problem is the way we live our lives when we're awake. So if you're here today and you're overwhelmed and you realize that you're living life at a speed such that you're missing out on important things, you're passing by people that are important to you and, and you've crashed in the past or you're about to crash in the future. Let me talk to you about how we learn to fix that. Let me talk to you about how we learn to course correct. Here's the first thing you got to do. You just got to pull over. Now I thought about saying slow down. I got to say this, by the way, and I trust this happening at all the campuses. I absolutely love the amount of folks who are writing and taking notes right now. Like I could never in my wildest dreams imagine hearing God's word speak about this subject that is such an epidemic without taking notes. And I love the fact that even as I look up, most of you are looking down, taking notes. Here's the first thing you got to do. You got to pull over. Now, I could have said slow down, but here's what I've discovered, and I've discovered the hard way. Slow down is not radical enough for some of you. 
gearing down, come on, gearing down is not radical enough for some of you. Some of you got to actually pull over and stop. Now, come on, I live in the same world you do. We've had young children. We know what it's like. We know what it's like to have bills piling up. We know what it's like to have kids now going off to college. We know what it's like to have life coming at you fast. And, and, and I realize that sometimes circumstances increase the complexity of life. I live in the same world you do. But can I just be very honest with you? Generally speaking, pace is what you make it. It's what who? You make it. Based upon the decisions that you make. Notice I said you make them. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. But for most of you, you determine your own pace. Now, please hear this. Your pace doesn't have as much to do with your external environment as it does your internal one. A never-ending, quickened pace flows from a, write it in, restless soul. Now again, I know that the circumstances are different for every single one of us. And I may not be able to choose when I have to care for a sick child or an elderly parent. I may not be able to choose juggling all kinds of responsibilities and circumstances. I may not be able to choose whether I have to get caught up in the traffic every single day going to and from work. But here's what I've learned. Even in the midst of busyness, you can slow your heart down. You can learn to breathe deeply. I have a feature on my Apple Watch. If you've got an Apple Watch, you know this. This is the first generation Apple Watch, by the way, so it's kind of old now. But there's a feature on here that if, if I get to going too fast throughout the day, it normally, <laughs> and it normally hits me a couple times a day, it, it tells me that I need to slow down and breathe. And so, you know what I will do? Happens, like I said, a couple times a day now. And honestly, I don't always obey it. <laughs> but I've gotten a lot better at it. And I'll slow down. And it, it, it has a little diagram on it that inhales and exhales. And it tells me and shows me how to get my heart rate, the speed of my life. under control and so you'll often see me throughout the day and I'll just close my eyes I'm sure people think I'm crazy I'll just close my eyes now not driving down the road <laughs> but I'll just close my eyes and, it, and you feel it on your wrist too it, it, it I'm breathing and it's working with me and I'm quoting scripture and I'm meditating on the things of God we have to pull over. Psalm 62, 1 and 2. Will you read it out loud with me, church? Come on. Psalm 62, 1 and 2. Ready, go. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Sometimes we're restless because we're not resting in God. St. Augustine, the great saint, 
in the fifth century said this, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. You gotta pull over. You gotta pull over and come to God. Here's the next thing you gotta do. You gotta pop the hood. You gotta pop the hood. See, some, for some of us, pulling over is just not enough. Some of us need to actually pop the hood and we kind of got to see what's going on underneath. We might, we might to go, need to go see a Christian counselor. Some of you might need to go, go visit with somebody. Maybe a life group can speak into your life, but some of you pulling over is just not going to be enough. You need to get down in what's going on inside of you. What is the root cause of your restlessness so that God can start to heal you from the inside out? This is key, and I've done it, and you should not be ashamed of it if you have to do it. The Bible says this, Psalm 139. Come on, out loud. You read it so well. Ready, go. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. You got to pull over. You got to pop the hood. And you got to ask yourself some hard questions. Questions like this, what is it that's making me idle so high? Why are my RPMs out of control? Here's a good one. What am I chasing? What am I running from? Why is my body running so rough? Why is my mind constantly racing? Why does my soul feel so empty? Why can't I sleep? Why, ooh, ooh, why can't I say no? The best word some of you could learn this holiday season is no. You can even say it with a little smirk on your face. Why do you feel like you have to say yes to every Christmas party invite? Why do you feel like you have to give a Christmas gift to every single person you know? I, I sense a lot of traction right there. So let's practice it on the count of three. Just say no. We're going to practice. One, two, three. No. That was pretty good, but you got to get a little more emphatic than that. At all of our campuses, I want to hear you from the campuses. One, two, three. Why can't I say no? If you can't say no, you're probably addicted to approval. Why do I overschedule my kids? Why do I work so hard to be accepted when I already am? Why do I work and run so fast to be somebody when I already am? Who are you getting your identity from? Lord, before I head into another holiday season, I really got to pull over, pop the hood, and let you take an honest look inside with me. 
If you want to stop missing out, come on. If you want to stop passing by, if you want to avoid crashing your life, you're going to have to pull over. You're going to have to pop the hood. And here's the last thing. I hope the keys are in here. They are. You're going to have to change lanes. Oh, there's windshield wipers. Glory to God. Is the blinker on? Praise God. At least the windshield wipers are off. You're going to have to change lanes. Like change. I want to teach you something incredibly profound. Five words. Five words. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Five simple words, but that are so profound. Some of you got to change lanes. You've literally got to change lanes. Think about it, think about it, think about it. You can sit here and you can drop that head and take notes like all of you are doing. And again, it's awesome. I love it. And you can, mmm, you can celebrate. Sometimes I wonder where my African-Americans are. When, when your black pastors preach like I preach, you get all carried away. But then you up in this church and you think you got to act all calm, cool, and collective. It's time some of you give me some love up in here. It's about time. Where you been? Where you been? Where you been? What I'm talking about. Y'all think because y'all in a church, and we ain't a white church, so quit saying that. You think because you got a white pastor, you got to sit there and behave. Maybe you can, you can loosen some of the other ones up. And if you get too crazy, maybe some of the white folks can calm you down. It goes both ways. Where was I? Where was I? Seriously, what was I saying? Huh? Change, change lane. Yeah, but it was more than that. Oh, 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 here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. Think about it, think about it, think about it. You can sit here and mmm, or you can stand up and wave a hanky at me, or you can mmm, or you can take notes, you can drop that head down, but here's the reality. You can take your derriere right outside to your car, get in your car, go back home, and tomorrow nothing changed. And you can go right back to that breakneck pace. And I'm here to tell you because I love you. And I've been there. You'll crash. You'll crash. You'll miss out. You'll pass by. And you'll crash. In AA, when... I was there a long, 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 long time ago. AA has a definition from insanity, for insanity. Most of you know it. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. If nothing changes, nothing changes. You got to step off 
pull off, pop the hood, and change lanes. Or it won't end well for you. And I, I got a few other things I'm going to say. I'm not going to hit them. I'm going to save them. We got five weeks. But I cannot not talk about that. Uh, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. If, if, you have a, if you have an iPhone, maybe the camera operators can do their thing. You're not going to believe this. But if you touch this button up here and you touch this button right here, you're not going to believe this, dude. Watch this. Watch this. Can you see? And then you got to swipe. Watch this. We were never intended to have the world and all of the junk and all of the darkness and all of the mess. We were never intended. We were never intended to have that bad boy in our back pocket buzzing us like a shock clock every single week. Every time something bad happens in this world. The best thing some of you can do now, I'm going to turn it on because watch this. You're not going to believe how fast it turns on. I'm going to show you one more thing in just a moment. The best thing some of you can do is turn your stinking phone off. Now, again, I love the phone. I mean, I told you about what my Apple Watch does. But we have become slaves to this. I was out the other day. It was a gorgeous fall day. Sun was out. Blue sky, Duke blue sky. It was awesome. Why did I just stop, 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 stop. The leaves were changing. The leaves were changing. And I looked out. I was at the mall. I looked out and everybody I saw. Missing out. Great, but, but I had this thought this week, and I know this is extreme. I'm going to start to wrap up. I know this is extreme, and it's probably not true, but it's something to ponder. Could Satan himself have thought, the only way I might be able to devise a plan and get people to forget about other people and get people to forget about God is to create a little device that they can hold in their hand and they stay addicted to it 24-7, 365. Some of you get up in the morning and the first thing you do is grab your phone. What's on Snapchat? What's on Instagram? What's on Facebook? What's on Twitter? And then you watch the news and you are being destroyed from the inside out. And I love you enough to tell you, these are great. They can be used for God. I use them all the time. But you shouldn't become a slave to it. Turn it off. Let me show you something else. I told you, it's, it's been on for three minutes. It's been on. Watch this. Oh, because I cut it off. I got to put my, my password in. The other thing that will change your life is if you go into this little thing right here called Settings. And you, you go down here to uh, notifications right there. Bam. Now, I don't know what your phone looks like. 
But you do know, don't you, there are people working 50, 60 hours a week in Silicon Valley trying to get you more addicted to this. You know that, don't you? And one of the ways in which they do that is through notifications. One of the best things you could do is turn off your stinking notifications. You ask anybody who hangs out with me, and maybe they haven't thought about this. Maybe the staff have never thought about this. You never hear my phone. Ever. On a rare occasion, I might put the sound on for the phone if I'm expecting a very important phone call. But all my notifications, except my text app and my phone app, all of them are off. Because again, I don't want to be walking through life with my phone in my backpack. Bzz, bzz. Another mass murder. Bzz. Another politician called another. You know what? Bzz. Turn them off. You can still go and retrieve that information when you want it. You just own the phone. And the phone doesn't own you. I've said enough. Let's pray. Father, you know how much I desire this for my brothers and sisters. God, you know the journey that I've been on and there was a time, Lord God, when I hit a wall that I didn't think I was going to ever recover from. Father, I thank you that you are speaking to us now as a church. I can sense it. I thank you, Lord God, that this series itself is going to be one that I believe, Lord God, I hope, I pray, will actually change the trajectory, the spiritual trajectory, but also the physical trajectory of my brothers and sisters. Father, I pray that as we live into a world that seems to be spinning and spiraling out of control, where chaos and anger and rage and stress and anxiety and God, even suicide tends to be moving up and to the right while the world spirals downward. Thank you for your word that ministers to us, that teaches us. And I pray, God, over the course of the next five weeks, we will change it. That we will literally apply the word of God to our lives. And we would not miss out on those things that we miss out. We wouldn't pass by. Ultimately, Father God, we wouldn't crash. So have your way with us, we pray, Father God. Thank you for church. Church is many things, but if it is most definitely one thing, Father God, it is a, it is a rest stop. It is a time weekly to just pull over, pop the hood, and allow you, the great physician, to come in and, and minister to us, Father God, and coach us and teach us. So here we are at all of our campuses, Father God. We're resting in you. And we're admitting we need help. 
In Jesus' name. Amen.